Welcome everyone to episode four of Mac and Joe Talk on a podcast. I'm Mac. This is Joe. As always, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks to everyone for listening, whether it's on iTunes or Buzzsprout. We always appreciate it. As always, please like, share, comment on what you guys think, what you guys want us to talk about. If you haven't done so already, go to fanboyplanet.com, check it out, sign up for the alerts. Having said all that, it's been an extremely interesting week. Uh, Joe, you ready? Let's just get right into yep, it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, just kind of a, a little weekly review. What's kind of we've we've been doing the past couple times? Um, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is the first film, the one of the biggest films to come out this summer, and the, obviously the biggest one of the past weekend. Did you get a chance? Did you get a chance to see it yet, Joe? Um, no, I did not. Because quite frankly, I'm not that interested in seeing the movie. Um, Last time I checked, it got a 54% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and mm-hmm. that smells like a bomb to me. It smells rotten. It smells rotten. So, I mean, I know, I know I know, you got a chance to see it. What was your reaction? I, I did see it. I was able to see it Friday. Um, just so you guys know, there will be – my review will be posted on fanboyplanet.com in the next day or so. I'll make sure to post that and share that out with you guys. Um, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it it for what it was um it was a popcorn film it was an adventure film i liked the change of directors the director changed from colin trevorrow to jay bayona jay bayona is more known as a horror film director and there are certainly elements of the film that jump out at you and get you on the edge of your seat uh, i don't want to get too deep into a review uh just because again we want to move things along here um what i do appreciate about jurassic world is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is the difference between Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic Park 2. A lot there of... Was the, di- there was a difference. There was a huge difference. Okay. A huge difference. And I think a lot of people, you know, myself and you including, included, thought that, especially because the trailers and especially because of how Jurassic World played out, it was just going to be a rehash of Jurassic Park 2. Yes, dinosaurs leave the island, but they leave the island because of this volcanic eruption that's happening. So that's the that's the plot to get them onto the boats to get them over. Uh, I would have liked them to have spent a little bit more time on the island, but I understood why they went there. Once they get to land, and I'm not going to get into specific, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. Once they get to land, that's when the plot really kicks into high gear, and that's when that stuff sort of happens. What again? What I do appreciate about Jurassic World overall is. From Jurassic World 1 and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the overall linear story arc that it's been telling and how that payoff is hopefully going to pay off big in the third film. Oh, so there's going to be a third There's definitely going to be a third film. They set it up. They've already set it up. It's... um, They don't have to spoil it. I'm just... I'm definitely not going to spoil it for you because I think the first time people see it, you're going to be kind of in awe of what's happening. Again, it's not a five-star film. You know, I understand why a lot of people have problems with it. I have a lot of those same problems with it. But what I do really like is the ambition of the film and the ambition of the story that they're trying to tell. Um, it really is, you know, a lot of people ask, why didn't they just call it Jurassic Park 4 or Jurassic Park 5? Jurassic World, you're going to understand why they're calling it Jurassic World. There's a larger story arc coming on here than just you know, a dinosaur stalking a little kid in a, in a house, you know, yes, that's kind of the part that gets you out of your seat and that's what they show in the trailer, but there's a huge part of, of storytelling that's going on here, which I did appreciate. A lot of people had made the comparisons to Jurassic World to say the Planet of the Apes reboot. Um, I'm going to say that I think Planet of the Apes, the reboot is superior in several different ways. What what Planet of the Apes, what Dawn and Rise in Planet of the Apes set up for War of the Planet of the Apes, which to me is, you know, a top five film for me last year, set up beautifully that film War. What I think Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom does, it, it sets up the next Jurassic World, whatever that's going to be called, perfectly. And so to me, that's why I enjoyed it. It's not something I'm going to rush out and go back out and see again, uh, but I definitely appreciated what the story was trying to tell. On the box office front, um, do you think it did good or do you think it did bad? I think it did mediocre. That I think it absolutely crushed it. It did hundred crushed it. It did one hundred and fifty million dollars. Well, I knew I domestically. knew I, I knew it did well worldwide. Worldwide, it's at right worldwide right now. It's at about seven hundred million dollars. Uh, just wow. to put that into perspective, 
in just one weekend alone in the United States and a couple weeks overseas, it has already doubled what Solo has made. Jeez. Um, and again, I think... That's very surprising. I think you and I both liked Solo, but I think that goes to show how huge Jurassic World these films are. People love them. People love seeing dinosaurs. People love seeing stupid people making bad decisions getting eaten by dinosaurs. For whatever reason, <laughs> um, people love it. It's great. Um, the, this is Universal's second best opening of all time is Fallen King. Do you want to guess what the number one opening is of all time for Universal? The original Jurassic Park? The original Jurassic World. Oh my gosh. Uh, again, oh my gosh. again, you know, the original Jurassic Park came out in 1993, so inflation, all that stuff, that's going to be hard to beat. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you saying that Jurassic World is better than Jurassic Park, because I don't think you or I ever think that. Um, but again, I, I do, appreciate what the story they're trying to tell. I do appreciate, you know, it, it certainly does not feel like sometimes you walk into a film that's a sequel and you're like, okay, well this movie just came out two years ago and then did really well opening weekend. So they're just rushing out a sequel. This very much feels like they have a long thought out plan to tell a longer story. And so to me, for my, my big films like this, that's what I appreciate. It's like your Marvel films. Like, you know, there's going to be lots and lots of stories coming but you appreciate the long linear arc that's being told. That's what I appreciate about it. Uh, Incredibles 2, obviously it's in second weekend uh, here domestically. It, it, it did around $80 million domestically. Again, it's, it's a pretty big jump, but if you were the highest opening animated film of all time, you know, you're going to drop off somewhat. Um, I was able to go check out Incredibles 2 again this weekend. Really, really enjoyed it, just like any Pixar, just like most Pixar films, I'm not going to say any. A lot of Pixar films, it holds up. When you're watching it a second time, you're able to see the details. It's really? like like Elastigirl's big butt that everyone's talking about. Wow. Everyone's talking about that. Who's Every, everyone? I, I, my, my friends are talking about it. They're saying like that it was noticeably, it's, it's, it's gargantuan. And I'm not like paying attention to those details, but it is... A minor detail that some people were kind of up in arms about. I don't know. Okay. Um, it was just, I, I, I thought that was kind of funny when someone mentioned that and then I saw it. Did you notice that in the film? I, I didn't. Um, <laughs> her proportions, her proportions are, are what they are. I mean, she's a stretchy person. That's just kind of who her, what her powers are. Um, so no, I didn't, I didn't notice that in the kids' movie. <laughs> um, but thank you for that. No um, it has opened overseas in a couple markets, not all markets. Um, it's global total right now. It's roughly around $480 million. It's already past the original. Again, the original was 2004. So inflation, all that stuff. But again, it just shows to show you, goes to show how much people love these characters, how much people love this story. It's such a good film. I really can't recommend it enough. Yep. If you're going to skip Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, go see Incredibles. Save it for Blu-ray. I understand. Um, seeing Incredibles in the theater with an audience around you. So you get the kids, get the laughter, you get all that stuff. It's definitely worth it. A couple other things before we move on. The new trailer for Creed 2 dropped this week, which is a little surprising. Usually you get a whole slew of trailers in the beginning of June, which went over before. And then if your trailer doesn't drop in June, that means you're usually waiting for Comic-Con in San Diego in July. So this means, you know, there's probably not going to be anything in Creed and Comic-Con, which is not a big deal. Did you see the trailer? Did you check it out? I, yeah, I did. Um, again, I mean, not to be a big pessimist, but, but you it, didn't see the first one, though, right? You didn't I didn't. See the, I did not see the first one, but okay. I. But after after watching the trailers for the second one, it doesn't excite me very much. I do actually want to see the first one. I have not seen it yet. The first Creed, so good. But it's 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 got very highly ranked reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, which I kind of which is kind of the benchmark for for all of moviegoers. Um, I do want to see the first one, but the second one does not really appeal to me. Um, simply because it seems like they're throwing in another they're throwing in another son of. Drago. Uh, yeah, Drago. And that just smells desperation to me. I don't know. That's just my negative, my sure. pessimism. That's very negative. Um, <laughs> I would say that I was a, a little similar to you um, when it came to the first one. Um, I was unsure. I wasn't a huge fan of the Rocky franchise overall. Um, I gave Creed two. I gave Creed one a chance simply because of the reviews. 
And simply because Ryan Coogler was the director, Ryan Coogler, of course, is most well known for Black Panther at this point, but previously he did Fruitville Station. He's a, he's a Bay Area guy. He's great. Um, him and Michael Lee Jordan do a lot of good stuff. The trailer for Creed 2 looked really, really exciting. It looked really, really cool. It's kind of up to the stakes. I liked how it didn't just show, okay, here's another story of Apollo Creed's son, and now we're just going to have him fight Drago. Like, I liked how they kept the story about the trailer, at least. I like how they kept the trailer about him. And then right at the end of the trailer, there's that flash of Drago just on the back. So to me, that was kind of cool. Uh, it didn't just heavily go, okay, hey, remember that film 20 years ago where this, this, and this happened? Now we're just going to do that. I liked how they made it different. You know, Creed 1 was extremely different. Um, you know, Sylvester Stallone got an Academy Award nomination for Creed 1. Um, it was a really, really good film. Um, I would recommend it. Creed 2 trailers online. Go check it out if you like the first one especially. Um, that won't open until November, but the trailer, you know, kind of big news, so I thought I'd bring it up. The last little bit of news before we get into our, our main topics. Uh, Tom Holland, the actor who plays Spider-Man in the Marvel films, just announced uh, the new title of the film. It's called Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, the first film, of course, was called Spider-Man Homecoming. That references a whole bunch of things. Homecoming dance, homecoming, back to the studio, Marvel. Um, any thoughts on the title? Or is it just kind of... Uh, we don't know much. We don't yeah, know much about it yet. It's difficult for me to speculate at this point in terms of how the film's going to be. I mean, there's no posters or anything. No, but we do. There are rumors that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be the villain. I'm excited. Mysteria. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's a great actor. I, I always enjoy watching roles. Um, he. I think he's a very versatile actor. Um, I am excited about that, but um, I think it's, for me, personally, I think it's too early for me to kind of get excited just by the title of the movie. Um, I thought the first one was great. Homecoming was great. Yeah. Um, definitely a typical Marvel movie. Um, it didn't blow me away by any means, but um, Michael Keaton as a, as, a, as a villain, I mean... Michael Keaton will be back in the yeah, next one. I'm excited for that, Is too. he still going to be in jail? Is he going to be out? You know, we don't really know. The one thing I will say about the title, and I think people are speculating this, I don't think it means far from home in the sense of he's in the soul zone still, like far from home, like on a different planet. I think all of that will be resolved in Avengers 4. I think far from home means he's simply not going to be in New York all the time. He's going to be doing some other things. And they've, they've kind of hinted that it's going to be a globetrotting type of a, a film. Um, so I think that's what that means. I don't think there's any deep connotations to Avengers 4. I think that will all be wrapped up in plenty of time for Spider-Man, um, far from home to come up. So that's kind of the little stuff we've had. Again, let us know if you guys have seen Jurassic World's Fallen Kingdoms, let us know what you think. Um, Incredibles 2, let us know what you think. Um, if there's any other films that we haven't um, brought out or talked about, let us know uh, and we'll check those out. First of our main topics, there were really kind of three main stories that dominated headlines this week. So we'll touch yep. on both of those yep. or all three of those. The first is uh, AMC is has announced a new membership program. It's called AMC Plus, I believe is what the title is. Um, and that is to directly compete with MoviePass. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that have MoviePass, I do have MoviePass. Let me kind of tell you what it is, and then I'll tell you the difference. And then we'll get into the cons and the pros of either one and what you would choose. And then you guys can obviously make your own choices. MoviePass lets you get one film, one movie per day. Um, it's also, you can only do, you can see that one film only one time. So for example, if you use your movie pass for Incredibles 2, you really liked it and you want to see it again, you got to shell out your own money for that separately. You cannot make online reservations on movie pass. You have to go to the theater to get it. So for example, on an opening weekend where a lot of films are simply bought in advance, it's almost, it's really, it's extremely hard for you to get tickets for that. Because um, it has to be the day of. It also includes no IMAX films, uh, no 3D no films, 3D, yeah. all of that stuff. Again, those aren't huge for me. The IMAX thing is cool at certain films. You know, seeing a film like Avengers Infinity War on IMAX is yep. obviously a cool thing. Um, AMC has announced their new plan, and they're not really being shy about it, saying it's directly competing with MoviePass. <laughs> AMC is certainly the largest chain of movie theaters right now. Um, and they've made it very clear they don't like MoviePass. Um, AMC 
will allow you to see up to three movies a week. So again, that's four less than Movie Pass, but you can see the same film over and over. over and over again. You can see it three times in a day. You can see all three films in one day. You can spread it out. Um, this means you can also see any film on IMAX in the mm-hmm. AMC theater. You or can 3D. do a 3D. And I think the big one for a lot of people is reserve seating. You can do yeah. your reserve seating online. Having said that, living here in the Bay Area, there are not a lot of AMCs or any AMCs immediately yeah, around us. since the one that closed in uh, Valco. Yeah. They don't have reserve seating. They yeah. don't have lounge chair seating. If you're living in L.A. where AMCs are all like that. If I was living in L.A. and I had MoviePass, I would cancel MoviePass right away and switch to AMC. Yeah. Simply because of the reserve seating. But because it doesn't have reserve seating, doesn't have all that stuff, you know, you still have to go to the theater super early on opening weekend to grab a seat, all that stuff. For movie pass now, if I really wanted to, I can go to a theater early in the morning, yeah. pick up my ticket, and then show up eight hours later, five minutes before mm-hmm. film time, and check the film out. So there's pluses and negatives for both. I think movie pass is around $10 a month. AMC is about $20, $20 per yeah. month. Um, I know you don't subscribe to MoviePass, Joe. If I had to, if I had to push you to choose one or the other, which one would you choose? Um, you brought up a good point, Mac, when you said that we live in the Bay Area. Because of that, we have kind of many choices in terms of movie theaters. There's yeah. some. There's obviously some of the the smaller Cinemark theaters. There's there's theaters at the Prune Yard. There's theaters in Almaden. Um, if to answer your question, which one would I choose? I would choose MoviePass, um, simply because, like Elastigirl, I like flexibility. Um, to plug to plug Incredibles two in there, um, I like the flexibility of being able to choose multiple theaters because, to me, I'm not beholden to one theater. Like, um, like as you said, if we were living in another area of the country where there was predominantly only one theater or a couple theaters. We have many, many choices here. So I like to choose, I choose more of the time than I do the theater, at least, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not beholden or, uh, you know, an AMC savant or a, or a Cinemark, uh, you know, favorite. Um, so I like to, I, I choose more of the, th- the, the, the time. Does the time work out? You know, most of the time when I find a movie online, I go to Fandango, I just look at the times. I could care less what theater I'm going to as long as it's not like all the way out in Mountain View or something like that. But um, that's just my opinion. What about yeah. you? I I am I am extremely torn. I think the initial idea of MoviePass, as you can see, one film per day, I think drew a lot of people in. Um, having as someone that goes and does see a lot of films... Um, I hardly ever say that I'd go to a theater three times a week. That just seems excessive if I'm going four to five times a week. Um, And the fact that AMC lets you see the same film over and over again, not that I'm going to go see Incredibles 2 three times a week for the rest of the summer, but I could see a film like Solo and Enjoy or Deadpool and Enjoy or Infinity War and see it a couple times versus paying a different price for it. Um, If there was... You know, reserve seating in terms of the luxury lounge recliners and all that mm-hmm. stuff in AMCs around here. Yeah. And I could do all that stuff online. I do it in a heartbeat. But some of the theaters that I go to now for Movie Pass are like that with the luxury lounge seating and all that stuff. And to me, maybe that's just being poshy. I don't really know. <laughs> I've just come to enjoy that experience of sitting in the reclining chair, turning the heater on the seat on, and just kind of enjoying it. Um, so that's, that's, it's interesting, you know, movie pass is a, it's a weird business model. Movie pass yeah, is they're losing money pretty quickly. They're losing money extremely quickly. There's an analysis, um, that I was given that said if movie pass wanted to become profitable right now, they would need about $1.2 billion Jesus. just to become profitable. Again, all reports from inside MoviePass are saying that they're doing great um, and they're playing the long game in terms of revolutionizing how people view films. And again, this is a time where film attendance numbers might be up, but that's because more of ticket price of ticket. A lot of people are staying home. They're streaming. 
Yeah. Uh, home releases, streaming in terms of a new film is coming out a lot sooner. It's usually three months after the film was out. When you and I were in high school and younger, it probably took eight, six months to six, a year. six to eight months for a film to come out from the end of its run, from the very end of its run to come out on Blu-ray or, or DVD. Um, now it's three months and the film's out. Um, there are several films that are playing concurrently, both streaming and going to the theater. So movie pass is, is making an interesting choice and in trying to change that up. Again, is their business model sustainable? You know, I have no idea. You know, I like it because of the financial freedom it gives me. I know how much I have to pay per month. Um, it's only $10. But again, AMC does offer a lot lot more different choices. Um, so it's intriguing. It'll be interesting to see how the battle against each other kind of builds up. One of, one of MoviePass's big things is they wanted to basically incur profits from concessions uh, from these movie chains as that's how a lot of movie theaters make money. A lot of the move, a lot of the money obviously goes to the studios. It's their films. Um, AMC was kind of in a position of power and they basically said, we're not giving you any of our concession profits. You know, if you want your people to come and watch the films here, that's great. They still get charged full price, but we're not giving any concessions discounts. Um, and that's kind of what MoviePass wanted. If there were some smaller theaters or things like that where MoviePass can boss around, you know, I, I, you know, I could see that happening. But AMC basically said, you know, we're not doing that. People are still going to come to our theater regardless. And obviously, on top of the discounts that AMC is already offering, they're offering even more concession discounts and things like that. You know, it's I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It feels like. It, it definitely feels like one or the other is going to win. It doesn't feel like there's going to be an A, a 1A, and a 1B. It definitely feels like in a year from now, you and I could be having this conversation. Yeah. And one could be gone, one could be out. Even if MoviePass does eventually lose, I appreciate MoviePass for what it is in terms of changing the industry. Yes. You know, making new options, doing having new ideas. Um, Being the innovator. Yeah, you know, and sometimes the innovator is never the, the one that sees the ultimate profit. True. You know, I mean, MySpace would be an example that I thought of. MySpace was yeah. all the rage because it was one of the first ones. But I don't know anybody that Got has a MySpace. By Facebook. Yeah, I don't know anyone that has a MySpace page now, um, simply because everyone uses Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or things like that. But MySpace does get a lot of recognition as one of the first social the media sites. Yeah, so I think MoviePass has that. Uh, whether they can just continue to live off of credit alone, you know, I don't know. But it'll be an interesting development to see. Um, over the next year or so. Um, and, and we'll keep you guys abreast of that as, as that goes. Um, anything else you want to go on that? Or are you ready to go? Um, I actually had one interesting comment um, yeah. to kind of piggyback on our discussion about uh, movie passes and uh, movie subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Do you think there will ever come there will ever come a day where we no longer see movies in the theater and it simply goes directly to directly to a TV and we pay a movie price for a TV for I, a TV ticket. I, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I think we that, can we can discuss this on another day. No, no, it was just I, something yeah, some, yeah. something one of my friends brought up and I my reaction to that was well I think Hollywood likes to double dip. I mean, Hollywood sells you a movie in several different yes. forms, right? They sell you a movie in the theater. They sell yes. you a movie on Blu-ray. Yep. They sell it to you on streaming. They sell it to you on the cable network. They mm-hmm. sell it to you on airplanes. They sell you movies different, d- several different ways. What I do think will eventually happen, I don't think we're anywhere close to this. I think theaters will stay in existence. I think a lot of the smaller independent theaters will, will go close. out of business. Yeah. So you're going to get your AMCs. The big boxes. Only. Um, and, but there will be a time when a lot of these larger films will be released same day, theater and home. So whether that just be, is a sign of the times, whether that's, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, I don't think that's anytime soon. Cause I think Hollywood wants to keep the traditional format alive as long as possible. I do see a day with streaming and all of that stuff where there will be, and there is some of that now with really small independent films. Yes. Uh, but you don't see that with, with big blockbuster films. Um, so, you know, maybe that might happen. That might not happen. It might only be, you know, you go to an AMC theater and the only films you're going to see are 
you know, a Disney film, a Fox film, a Transformers film, a Marvel film, and that's yeah. it. They're only going to have, you know, a lot of the artistic films that people are... The independent films. You know, that you yeah. get, and, you know, films that studios can be risky on and, and tell different stories. You know, those films are going to kind of get pushed to, like, the Netflix or the Amazon Primes or the Hulus or, or thing like that. And that's already happening a little bit with Netflix doing original films now as well. Um, you know, Amazon Prime is a good example of that as well. Have a, have a they've had a bunch of success with their films. Manchester by the Sea is is a film that comes to mind and won won a couple Academy Awards. That's an Amazon Prime film. You wouldn't think of that if you just you know just saw the film. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a good question. That's probably a, a larger topic. But I think that's yeah. a good you know. Let us know what you guys think. If if you guys have an opinion, I know people that love movies but they hate going to the theaters. Yes. They, especially on, you know, the first two weekends of a big film. Some people don't like crowds. They don't like crowds. Yeah. They don't want to fight that. You know, I know people that go to the movie that they want to see three weeks later because they know on a Monday night because they know it's not going to be very sold out. It's not going to be very busy. They're Matt not going to fight price. traffic. Matinee price. Yeah. And it's expensive too to go to the movies, especially if you're a family, if you're a dad or a mom and you got you know, a couple kids and they want to bring their friends and it, you know, then you get popcorn and candy, you know, right now I'm only worrying about myself when it comes to the theater experience. So it's not very expensive, but you know, you're talking about four or five people and that adds up really quickly. Yes, it does. So that's a good question. Again, that's a topic that I think that we're going to continue to, to discuss, continue to evolve. Um, but I think we can move on to the next yep, topic. Let's do it. Um, big news this week out of Hollywood. Disney has upped their bid for 20th Century Fox up to $72 billion. Mm -hmm. They originally had a, a bid of around 50 or so million dollars. Then Comcast Universal came in and undercut them. And now Disney has, the price. has raised the price. It does not appear that Comcast Universal is going to up their bid anymore. So there will still officially be a vote in July. But all indications are that Disney has indeed won Fox and all of its properties to that. What that means is Disney will own 20th Century Fox, 21st Century Fox, Fox Searchlight. They'll own Fox the Television. They'll own Fox. Uh, Fox own. They'll they'll get Fox's Sports. Sport, Fox Sports. They'll get their percentage in Sky Sports, uh, which is in the UK. They'll get their cut in Hulu, which is right now currently split. Um, the only thing they will not get will be Fox News. Fox News, yeah. Fox News, of course, is probably the most profitable venture in Fox right now, and that's a whole different topic that we're not going to get into. Um, so that will be spun off into its own thing and run by its own entity. Entity. Um, first question, this is a big topic, so it's going to take us a while. Is this good or is this bad? I am actually impartial when it comes to the, when it comes to that question. I don't see it as being a bad thing. I know that there is we can have a political debate you and I in terms of the uh the merits of big big companies merging, but when I when I did some research, I found there was numerous other film production studios that are still competing with Disney and Fox. So I don't see this as being a, as big of a, you know, a limit on our options for movies and for studios. Um, I mean, it makes sense. They Disney wants. Um, there, there have been other. I mean, we. Can, I, I'm, I'm not sure if that answers your question. What, what, what about what about Disney buying Fox? Do you like? I like the fact that. Disney, I mean, it's a good business decision in terms of Disney. Seventy-two billion dollars. So, th so they paid they paid four billion dollars. It's worth more than that, though. Tell, explain, explain to the people why it's worth more than that. Because there's so many other options that Fox gives Disney in terms of not just movie production but sports. I mean, Disney has ESPN, um, and now they're going to have Fox. I mean, I just don't. I. There, there are other options out there. I mean, not in, ter in terms of sports-wise, but in terms of movie prop movie production companies. Um, I just don't see big companies merging. We've already seen AT&T and Time Warner merge. Yeah. Um, that hasn't, you know, had repercussions on consumers. Um, I, I just don't see 
big conglomerate companies um, getting together and, you know, the sky falling down. That's, sure. just, that's just my opinion. Right. I mean, it's, it is capitalism at its finest. I mean, that's, yes. that's how big business works. And I'm not here to, you know, this is a, a fanboy podcast. It's not a political podcast. But so I, I do agree with you in a sense. And there is a, a fanboy in me that likes that a lot. You know, there are certain, you know, the idea of this is a extremely small minutia part of what the deal could be. Um, but the fact that in four to five years, we could have an Avengers film with Wolverine and the Fantastic Four. Even though it won't be Hugh Jackman. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that's okay not fine. I'm okay that's with not that. fine. I'm okay with that. It's, he, he's done just to the role. So he's, he's, he's good to move on. Um, from a, from a monopolization point of view, Disney right now has about one third of the total box office to themselves. That's without Fox. Again, I don't know how many properties. Domestically, you mean? World, I mean worldwide. Worldwide. I mean worldwide. Okay. Um, in terms of Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, Disney Animation, Disney Live Action. Then you add a studio like 20th Century Fox. Again, you know, 20, it's not universal. I, I would say universal is comfortably behind them as the second major studio. Uh, Universal, of course, merged with DreamWorks. And Comcast. Yeah, so there's there's that. Um, there's not a ton of Fox properties right now. I agree. That are viable yes. in terms of, yes, Avatar is the biggest one that they're working on right now. It makes sense because in Disney World, there's an Avatar land and they can push that even more. I get that. I understand that. There's not a ton of Fox properties. I mean, they're not they're not going to make a sequel to the Titanic. You know, no. they're not going to make a sequel to, you know, they've already done Alien four or five times. They're not going to do Alien again. You know, is Kingsman the biggest franchise they have going for them right now besides for In terms X-Men? of movie studios, for movie studios, yes. Yes. For movie production. But you're looking at it from the bigger term of, of how it can affect. I mean, how, how does Fox impact, you know, one of Fox's biggest properties is The Simpsons. And Family Guy. And fa- Sure. But The Simpsons already is contractually obligated to Universal Studios. So Disney can't build Interesting. Can't build a theme park based on That's true. Based on Springfield. So, you know, there's not a ton of properties that they can incorporate into their parks. You know, so it's there's a lot of topics that you can go either way yeah. with it. I mean, is there is there a property that Fox owns that you're excited that Disney has now? Or are you just kind of Looking at it from a business perspective, um, I haven't really considered any specific properties. Um, like, like I am surprised when you said that Disney owns one third of the uh, worldwide box worldwide office. box office. That is an an, an important statistic to me, um, and that's without Fox, as you said. Um, but in terms of a specific property, I mean. Having the X Men and the Avengers is such a small, minute yeah. um, is is a small drop in the bucket. Absolutely, as, as to why Disney would do this. Um, yeah, they they didn't spend seventy two billion dollars no, to no, get the X Men no. back. That's. Um, yeah. I mean, like the business side, and the, it's it's hard for me to to look past the business side and to see that, um, you know, a merger of this size, you know. There, there has to be some grand plan, and I, and I don't think it's just the movies. Um, I think, I think a big part of it is the sports, is the TV shows, is just the whole conglomerate that's gonna. I think I, I, I just see it as a way to to diversify Disney's portfolio. Sure, that's that's just how I view it, though. Yeah, it's, it's I, very much the business side. I, I do very much agree with you. I do think that it is not simply for one or two properties, although that's what people are looking at now. Again, we've been talking a lot about streaming and things like that. Uh, a reminder, yeah. Yeah, you, Disney you, in 2019 is going to open their own streaming service. Yeah. And yes, that's going to have all the Disney classics. It's going to have all the Pixar stuff. That's going to have all the Marvel stuff, all the Star Wars stuff. But now they're able to have all of that Fox stuff, which, you know – doubles or triples their library size yeah. Yeah. to compete with something like Netflix. You know, Netflix right now is why is Netflix spending billions and billions of dollars of original content? Because in a year or so when a lot of those contracts 
are done at Netflix, they're going to have competition. Yeah, they they revert back to their film studios. So right now, you can see Marvel films and Disney films on Netflix. But when those contracts are done at the end of 2018, they're all going to go back to Disney, and they're not going to sign an extension with Netflix because yeah. they're going to keep all that material for themselves. Yep. So all that stuff that you can have in a library. Uh, with Fox, including films like Titanic and Alien and all that stuff that are huge monster films that people love, I think that's the end game. And again, in a in a time where people are cutting cords more and more, cable is going out the window. It's becoming mostly about streaming and all of that stuff. Disney is creating their own Netflix type of service where there is going to be original content. We talked about that before. There's going to be a Star Wars series, you know, a Pixar series based on Monsters Inc. Um, they're going to do some original Marvel stuff on there as well. So there is going to be a focus on original content, which is what Netflix does. But even if Netflix is already ahead in terms of original content, which they are and which they will be for a long time, you're not going to be able to compete with the library that Disney owns. And you add Fox to that library, I think that's the main reason why they did it. Yeah, to compete. You know, I mean, it's Netflix is the way of the future, and I don't think Netflix is going out of business. Um, but Disney realizes that they have to compete in some sort of sense. Hulu is not doing it. Amazon Prime is a really small dip in the pool compared to Netflix. So for me, this is there's a lot of reasons why they did this. I think you're right about sports. I think you're right about the regional coverage, about all that stuff where Disney can implant their their brain on a whole different mm-hmm. whole different assets all over. But I do think a large portion of it has to do with the streaming service. Are you uh, at all, I know we discussed this uh, during our uh, prep, but are you at all concerned about Disney making R-rated films? Because I, I, they've made R-rated, they made R-rated films before by, by using way of Miramax and Touchstone Pictures. Yeah. So, and some of those movies were great. Yeah. Like I know... Con Air was Touchstone Pictures. Yeah, there were plenty of other movies that they made. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Was, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of movies that they can make under the umbrella of Disney that may not have Disney's that will have Disney's approval, and even if it won't have the Disney name on it. Sure, I I um, think that's a good question. I think that's a topic that a lot of people yeah. brought up. Um, I, I want to make it clear that 20th Century Fox, 21st Century Fox, that that banner is not going to close. Disney will simply own that banner, and they will make movies through that banner, like Comcast or Universal. Sure. So they won't. Um, there won't be a R-rated film that has the Disney logo on it. Yes. Because they're going to keep that family-friendly image yes. on the Disney product. But there certainly will be films that come out of that studio that will be R-rated. Yeah. You know, Deadpool is a film they've already talked about that they're not going to touch. They're not going to. They're not going to throw Deadpool into, you know, the Disney brand and then make him, you know, PG. Castrate him. Yeah, I, I don't I don't <laughs> think that's that's not a smart business decision. No. And no. Disney is in the business of making money and True. doing smart business. So I don't think that's a problem. Um, I think that's a good point. I think that's a concern for a lot of people. Um, I don't think Disney will do that. You know, one of the things that I'm most excited about or one of the things that I love a lot is Fox Searchlight. Fox Searchlight is the independent branch of 21st Century Fox. They do a lot of really good smaller independent films, um, including last year's The Shape of Water, which is one of my favorite films of the year. Um, now maybe they'll get a little bit more notoriety and they'll maybe, get a little bit more backing. You know, I, I'm just I I'm hoping for that, but I'm also hoping that Disney doesn't change anything there. And all indi- all reports indicate that yes, Disney will bring some of their own people into it. But for the most part, it's going to stay the same brand, the same identity, the same type of films are going to come out. Disney's just going to own it. So, you know, $72 billion seems like a lot to you or me because you and I will never see anything near that. But um, for people living in the Hollywood Hills, it's, you know, probably just a transaction and Yep. You know, won't affect us, but um, it's an interesting topic nonetheless. Yeah, let us know what you guys think about this merger, guys. And if you uh, if you agree with it, disagree, whether you think it's creating too many monopolies, you know, it's certainly a political debate that we're not going to get into. But, you know, we definitely want to hear your opinion, thoughts and opinions on this. So feel free to comment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last topic, last major topic, and this um, – 
I would say of the of the topics we've covered today, this might be the smallest one in terms of bigger scope, but it definitely broke the internet on Thursday. Yes, it did. People just went absolute Nuts. bonkers. When I thought everyone's going to be talking about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, um, this was by far the biggest news to come out of Hollywood. Collider had a report on Thursday that said immediately all of... Lucasfilm's spinoff properties would be put on hold indefinitely and they were only going to focus on episode 9 right now. That's obviously a response to the Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. You know, again, you know, you and I aren't going to go over this again about what we thought the film. I think you and I both enjoyed it. We did. But the the bottom line is it just didn't, it didn't do well. No. For, ver- for various reasons. On Friday, Lucasfilm came out with a statement that reads this. Uh, Lucasfilm sources on Thursday characterize as inaccurate. They report that future Star Wars movies falling outside of the regular trilogy have been put on hold. These projects are moving forward separate from an already announced Star Wars trilogy being overseen by Ryan Johnson and another series of movies from Game of Thrones producers David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. So that basically debunks the report that came out on Thursday. If you say so. Again, right. Is that... (laughs) Absolutely. Is that Disney saving face? Is that Disney putting out a press release to calm the fires? Um, yes, we we feel like we know that there's an Obi-Wan film coming out. We feel like we know there's a Boba Fett film coming out. It's true, though, that they have never officially, officially announced it in Greenlight. You know, they, no. dro- they dropped the news of the Boba Fett film right around when Solo was opening. Simply, you know, one, because I think it's true. But two, it was also it was strategically dropped around that time to get more notoriety for Solo yeah. and get the buzz around Star Wars going. So there's going to be a couple questions I have for you, Joe. Okay. Um, first question: Do you believe Thursday report, Thursday's report, or would you believe Friday's report? Um, I think there's a little bit of truth to both of them. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't really know the merits of Collider's. Uh, you know, I I don't know how much truth is in it, but I highly doubt that a company like Collider would just throw out, you know, they bombshells. Have, they have their sources from somewhere. Yeah, they have sources, obviously, yeah. inside sources, whatever it may be. Um, I think that I think that Lucasfilm coming out with a response that the way they did is is a way for them, like as you said, to put water on the fire a little bit, but. I mean, no one can deny the fact that ha- that Solo the movie did not do well. Right. So that is not a surprise. You know, we just talked about how Disney's in, you know, is is going to be merging, possibly merging, you know, probably merging with Fox. Yeah. They're not going to be making core business decisions, you know. Yeah. And, and Solo, as much as you and I enjoyed the movie because we're Star Wars fans – much of the world did not agree with us. Um, I don't it, even think it's it's agree if they like the film. A lot of people just didn't go see it. Well, I know, but yeah. that, but that's well. Whether it's multiple viewings, yeah. whether it's it just did not do well at the box office. Yeah. So, and that's the bottom line. And so, because of that, I think that this this isn't Disney sin- signaling panic and. Or I, I yeah, mean, Star or is, Wars is not in trouble yeah. as of yet. It's just one one film that's done done poorly. Um, but yeah, does that kind of answer your question? It does. I do. Let me let me go online yeah. and then yeah, I, and then I want to go back to you because I do want to follow up with some questions okay. that I think that's are going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, Lucasfilm is hugely important to what Disney wants to do for their overall structure. Again, what Disney does so well is they cross brand. Um, they you know films to theme parks to television shows yes star wars galaxy's edge coming out opening next summer in disneyland is the largest expansion besides disney california adventure ever in disneyland um it's huge it's hugely important that they put out quality films that people like um while i'm not surprised by this i do think it's simply just everything like i said before everything is going under wraps and they're just letting people breathe they're letting people just take their time Episode 9 doesn't come out for a year and a half. They have J.J. Abrams back at Episode 9. He's going to do 
what I think will probably be a great job. Yeah. Um, he'll probably write the ship, right or wrong, whether you like Last Jedi or not. Um, and he's going to, you know, make a quality film. Um, and I think that's what they want. For me, I don't want to hear a bunch of news about Star Wars films. I, I like the fact that they're once every couple years or so, once every year would be fine. Yeah. I don't want multiple Star Wars films a year. I don't want them to try and copy Marvel. I agree. Um, the one thing about this press release that I found the most interesting is, um, one, the Game of Thrones producers, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Game of Thrones, the final season, will not air until next April. And they've already said they're not going to even touch Star Wars until they're done with Game of Thrones. So think of how long it takes to prep a Star Wars film, how long it takes to write a Star Wars film. If they're not even going to start doing any of that for another year, year and a half, that's a long, long-term plan that is fine. I love Game of Thrones, um, but it, it really seems like they're doubling down on yeah. Ryan Johnson, who is by far the most divisive character, divisive person amongst Star Wars fandom, you know. There are a Star Wars fandom. It's a small, small subsection of people that will buy Star Wars tickets, but they are by far the loudest. They are by far the people that buy the most merchandise, that go to the conventions, that do all of these things. Whether you like Last Jedi or not, again, just like Solo, it's not people did not like Last Jedi in droves from that Star Wars fandom. So is it smart? So my next question to you, is it smart that they're doubling down with Ryan Johnson or is it just, you know, we're going to move forward regardless of what the small subsection of fans thinks? Because it feels like they're just going forward with Ryan Johnson and not worrying about what those fans think. Thank you for asking me that, Mac. That's a good question. Um, I, I do kind of feel like there's a little bit of an over, oversaturation of their of, the product going on right now with Star Wars. Uh-huh. Um, I do kind of feel that it's Star Wars, like as you as you're saying, it's a very niche market. I don't think it's Marvel. Um, I don't think they can keep pumping out movies, at, you know, multiple times a year and keep people happy, um, keep people interested. Um, Star Wars. If you remember correctly, I mean, we weren't alive when this happened, but Star Wars was more popular after it came out in the movie theaters than it ever was when it was in the movie theaters. Yeah. Um, the originals that came out in the 70s, early 80s, um, those were not that popular at the, at the box office. But there was like a huge following that grew because of that. And then when George Lucas re-released his films in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, the, the one episodes one, two, and three, they were hugely popular because how much time had gone by and people thought that the series was over. Yeah. Um, I do kind of feel like um, that there is oversaturation going on. I do feel like that you can't keep pumping out these multiple movies per year. I, 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 I'm not really that excited about just, just like we mentioned last week, there's multiple Joker films happening, and I yeah. don't really, and we don't really know why. I don't really understand why we're getting multiple series going on. I know that Disney paid a lot of money for Star Wars, and they're gonna want to milk the cow for as much as they can. But I, 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 I anticipate we're gonna see a lot of not box office flops, but box office disappointments like Solo if they keep pumping out these films. Um, so would you suggest they, they, they go away from the once a year strategy or would you, cause again, the prequels were, you know, not, not Disney, but they came out just like the originals every three, yeah. three years. So would, would that be something you recommend? That, that would be my recommendation because then you create urgency. There's no urgency to see these films. There's no, there is excitement, but it's not Marvel. You can't, Marvel is not the norm. Marvel is the anomaly. Um, I, I think that comparing everything to Marvel, um, yes, obviously that's the ideal business strategy. What, and what they're doing is knocking it out of the ballpark. But I don't think it is it – is I don't think that business strategy can be duplicated for every other movie franchise. So these independent – I mean these, these spinoff films that don't fall into a long linear story – you don't want to they're, see those? They're okay. Or? They're okay. But you can't put these multiple films per year. Okay. Um, I don't 
because I enjoyed Solo. I thought it was a great film. I saw it. I saw it. We saw it opening weekend. Um, I had no problem with it. But I don't see the excitement for those films as being as palpable as the originals when they first came out that were directed by George Lucas or even the original or even the trilogies that are coming out, you know, the, the seven, eight, nine right. episode seven, eight, nine. There's a lot of buzz around those films because people want to see what's going to happen with those films, regardless of what, what you thought about the last Jedi, as we've been saying, but I just don't see the excitement for the spinoffs as much as those original storylines, the original trilogies. I, I'm absolutely but, but in, that's, in the but, same... But that's my opinion. No, no, no. I think that's an opinion that a lot of people share. It's one that, that I share. Um, to me, you know, moving the date, you know, having it, having it be in the summer versus in Christmas, I think was a big deal. You know, having these films be event films are, I think, what makes them so good. You know, knowing it's Christmas time and knowing there's a Star Wars film coming yeah. out. That's what you're going to do. Again, we've talked a lot about Marvel and what, you know, again, Marvel has so many characters. So again, a Marvel character like a Thor or a Captain America, they'll have a film every three years. So you're not getting a Captain America film every year. You're not getting an Avengers film every year. Exactly. You're you're getting an Ant-Man film every three years or something like that. So you're, you're telling a larger story in context, which is great. Um, You know, if Star Wars... It just, it feels like they're just, there's a lot happening. You know, they, they're creating one trilogy over here. They're creating one trilogy over there. Then they're going to have all these Star Wars solo independent films here. And they're going to have a new cartoon. They're going to have a new TV series. It's too much. They're going to open up, uh, you know, Galaxy's Edge and Disneyland Disney World. That'll which, be interesting. Which again will be, be fun. the most awesomest thing I might have ever experienced in Disneyland. Yeah. But again, is it too much? Is it a lot? You know, I don't know. The only thing that I do know is that the failure of Solo has made Disney yep. rethink everything. And, and it, it has to. Yes. You know, it just, it, again, we talked about how Jurassic World did. And Jurassic World, to me, was a good film. It was less than Solo for me in terms of how much I enjoyed it. But the fact that it's been open three days domestically and it's already doubled up. What Solo has done That's is insane. crazy. It's insane. You know, and I think that a huge part of that has to do with the excitement of Jurassic World. But I think that's just, you know, Solo just didn't do it for so many people for so many reasons. And I think Disney needs to take a step back and just kind of rethink. Yeah. You know, and then after episode nine, they can drop all the news they want and do all that stuff. But like I said before, I want them to go underground right now. Yes. Do all the work that they're going to do. That's great. Open Star Wars Galaxy's yeah. Edge. That would be cool. Focus focus everything on Episode Nine, making that the best possible ending to this trilogy that we have with all these new characters. And then and then go from there. Um, you know, this again, this is a topic we could talk about for hours. And I'm sure we're going to get more news on that as it comes out. Um, Monday is, is right around the corner. So we'll probably get some more news about that as the weekend ends. And, and we'll be sure to keep you guys up to date on that and we'll talk about that next week if more news comes up um last but not least nothing really new in terms of theme parks that we were talking about um pixar pier has opened this past weekend um all reports are that it it's doing really well obviously i mean people love the incredicoaster i said before and i i'll say it again i am it is extremely hard for me to not go on YouTube and watch uh, watch <laughs> the, the the point of view ride. You won't get motion sickness um, with that, Mac. I won't, but <laughs> I am doing my hardest to stay offline and not watch that. Yeah. Um, just because the first time I ride it, whether that's August, September, October, um, I want that to be a genuine first experience. Um, seeing the ride. No spoilers. Everyone knows how much I love The Incredibles. Um so for me, this is a hard thing to stay offline and not watch the ride. But everyone seems to like it. Um, a couple notes I don't think I made clear about Pixar Pier. Not everything on Pixar Pier is open. Jesse's Roundup, which is the little carousel for the kids, that's not open yet. And then the Inside Out ride, which will be similar to Fix Flix Flyers from Bugs Land, that won't open until 2019. I don't know if I was clear about that before. A lot of people assumed everything was going to open uh, at once. Um, so sorry if I didn't make that clear. Toy Story Midway Mania has reopened. 
um, with an expanded queue for a fast pass. Um, the extra track. Yeah, the Ferris wheel is now open. Um, with all the gondolas are now painted Pixar characters. So you can, in theory, go on the Ferris wheel, even though I never will. Um, <laughs> you can get on the Ferris wheel and choose your favorite character. There's a Pixar meet and greet now where you're guaranteed to get those Pixar characters. Right now, it's mostly Mr. and Mrs. Incredible and Frozone. And there's been pictures of Edna Mode spotted around by the Incredicoaster. Um, I'm excited about that. The other news that is on the opposite coast is Toy Story Land has opened recently in Walt Disney World. Uh, Toy Story Land has been open already in Disneyland uh, Hong Kong. Um, but Toy Story Land is opening in uh, Disney World. It has Toy Story Midway Mania, the same exact ride. The biggest difference or the biggest addition is called the Slinky Dog Dash Coaster. Yep, there's a lot of coasters. So Slinky Dog is, of course, Andy's Slinky Dog Pets and... Um, you know, I have seen pictures of that ride footage. It looks cool. Um, I don't think you or I have plans to go to Disney World anytime no. soon. Um, Even though it is on your bucket list. It Well, I mean, I'm definitely going to go there at some point in my life. Um, in the next two years, I would say. Just because I feel like I have to experience that um, before I get too old. Um, does Toy Story Land sound cool to you? Is it just another knock on... Again, we've had this conversation about intellectual properties. It's just feel like too much should they if you were if you were a password disney world would you like them to do something original versus just doing i i don't i don't see this as being i mean yes opening star wars land in disneyland is going to be huge because that's such like a huge intellectual property but it is but it is nothing original i just don't see when 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 you go to Disney World that I've never I've never been but I've heard about it, they have like literally six or seven different lands. So there there's four there's four theme parks. Okay. In, in Disney World, there's Magic Kingdom, which is basically Disneyland. Okay. There's Animal Kingdom, there's Epcot, and there's Hollywood Studios. Okay. So there's four different parks. Toy Story Land is a and each of those is bigger than Disneyland. Absolutely. Though. That's yes. what, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I did get that right. So it sorry it's not six it's four. But each of those is bigger than Disneyland in its entirety, which is massive. Um, if they're going to open another, if they're going to open a Toy Story Land, Toy Story Land will be a part of Hollywood Studios. So it's inside. I don't know if I, I made that clear. Okay, sorry. So no, 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 that's okay. So it's like Frontierland or Tomorrowland. Uh, okay, then that's fine. It'll be I'm a, fine it'll be that. a land in, encapsulated in Hollywood Studios. I'm fine with that. I mean, so right now Hollywood think- Studios has um, Tower of Terror in it. It will have Toy Story Land, and it will eventually have Galaxy's Edge all in the same theme park. I see. You know, I mean, I, I should have made that clear. Oh, they're, okay. they're not opening an entire new park based on Toy Story. I see. I see. That would have been yeah. extremely excessive if they're just building an entire park just on Toy Story. Um, you, you and I have been on Toy Story Midway Mania. You know, we don't need to go. We don't need to fly all the way to Florida no. just to get on Toy no. Story Midway Mania. And we probably won't go to Disney World just to see Toy Story Land, but it will be kind of a cool addition. If we're there, we if we're there, go. if we're there, we're going to go on. And it has a roller coaster. You know, I love roller coasters. I'm totally for it. But I just, I'm not, I'm not super excited about it. I mean, I don't think um, if they for were someone to- that's such a big Toy Story fan like you, I'm surprised because I thought you'd be like, I don't like Pixar Pier. I don't like Cars. I don't like Radiator Springs. I never said that. You don't like the Cars franchise, like the films. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Well, so I'm not, I know, but I'm not. Like, but you, I, like, but you love the Cars ride, though. I love the Cars ride. I do like amusement park rides. I and I love the movie Toy Story, but I'm not like. It's more of a nostalgia. The reason that I liked the movie, I liked it because I watched it multiple times as a as a child. Um, I knew all the. The dialogue, I could recite the whole movie at one point, or at least big chunks of it. But, um, I mean, I enjoy the amusement park rides, um, but I'm just not like, I mean, I'll go. When we go, I'll check it out. If, 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 we, if both of us go I'm to sure Disney I'm sure we World, will at some yeah, point. Yeah, we'll check it out. But I'm not like, 
I'm not like, uh, you know, chomping at the bit. I'm, I am excited to try the Incredicoaster. That would be cool. That but I'm not fun. just chomping at the bit to go to Disney World just for this Toy Story Land. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I like Toy Story as much as the next person. Um, what, again, I'll, I'll reiterate my fears that I had before. Um, every single thing new that they're building is based off intellectual property versus creating something new and original. And that scares me a little bit because when Disneyland opened, almost everything besides Fantasyland was original ideas. Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, you know, the Jungle Cruise, all that stuff. And, you know, I understand why they have to build stuff on intellectual properties because that's what people know. Um, but, you know, Toy Story is not you're worried, good. You're worried that it's not going to be original content and it's not going to be as interesting to you because it's not original and, and I, just, I just don't think we ever will get original rides like we did. I agree. And, and that's, you know, that's fine. It is it's what it is. If you're, if you're in Disney World and I have family members in Florida that, that go on a semi-regular basis and they say they like it and they have a good time, awesome. I will definitely be crashing on your couch one or two nights when I go because I can't afford that those extravagant hotels in Florida. So just be prepared. Um, I think that's really all the time we, we have for today. Appreciate you guys listening. Check out my review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom online on fanboyplanet.com. The only film that you or I have an interest in opening this week or next week would be Sicario. Sicario looks I would awesome. assume. Um, you know, if you or I check it out, we'll be sure to give our, our thoughts on it. Next week will also be a heavy preview week for Hitman and the Wasp, which will open the following week. So we'll have some more Marvel talk about that. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, guys. Yeah. And you guys have a great week, okay? Thanks.